Now, it's very nice to see everybody who's come out tonight. As many of you know, this is our closing night of these gospel meetings. We're glad for those who have come many times, some who are again here tonight. And believe it or not, although it's the closing night, there's some here for the, for the very first time. So we're glad to see them as well. I was just thinking, um, as Johnny was speaking, what happens to a person who understands Isaiah 53, believes it, receives the Savior? What happens to them? You know what happens. They get to do Isaiah 54, verse 1. You say, what's that say? Sing. The first word of Isaiah 54 is this. Sing. Hallelujah. What a Savior. When somebody believes that the man who was wounded on the cross was wounded for me, they can sing. Can you sing? Could you sing that song? Hallelujah. What a Savior. That's why we're here. We would love for you to be able to know our, our Savior. I'd like to read in Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. During these meetings, these three weeks, I have been looking at the word gospel. The word gospel means good news or, or great news. And I've been asking the question, what's so great about it? The first week we noticed it's great because of its honesty. This is a message of truth. And we learned that week that it doesn't really matter how it makes you feel. If it's not true, it's not worth listening to. It's not news at all if it's not true news. And so it's great because it's true. We noticed some of the verily verilies of the Lord Jesus in that week. The second week we noticed it's great news because of its reality. Not just its honesty, but its reality. It changes people's lives. And we were racing around the Middle East, finding people. One man was, in a, it was, in a, it was an Ethiopian man traveling. There was another man on the cross. There was another man in a prison cell. And we were just racing and asking them, tell us your story. How were you saved? And their lives were totally changed. We noticed the reality. And that's another reason why it's a great message. And this week, we noticed that it's great because of its simplicity. You don't need a university degree. You don't need a six-year seminary uh, education. In one gospel meeting tonight, you could be saved. And that's great. That's great news. I had a message that I was thinking about last night, and believe it or not, I, th I thought it was pretty good. I had three points, and they all started with the same letter, and everything was just working out great. But you know what? When I started to pray for people who will be here tonight, and some who are here, and just think about this meeting, I, I just couldn't speak that message. That one was just, a, was just a sermon, really. The message I have tonight was not one I was really planning on speaking on, but it's one I feel that I, I need to speak on. It's Hebrews chapter 2, and we're going to read verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Just that first uh, phrase we'll read again. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? 
we have noticed what makes salvation so great. And yet there is the great danger of missing it. That's what this verse has said. As Johnny has been speaking on Isaiah 53, and as I've been trying to speak from other verses in the Bible, we have been emphasizing how salvation can be yours, how you can receive it. What this verse is telling us is how you can miss it. Neglect. If you neglect salvation, you will miss it. And that's why the verse says, how can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? I would just like to start where my brother has ended. And I would like to talk about how great this salvation is. It's great because of who it's offered to. You know, there are messages, there's, there's news, and, and there's invitations that are offered to a select group of people, a very specific group, sometimes based on their age, sometimes based on their race, sometimes based on how much money they have or, or what they do for work. But this is a salvation that is offered to the world. And that is why the verses here behind me and in many gospel halls like this proudly, if I can use it in that way, proudly advertise that we are preaching a message for the world. It is a salvation offered to all. We began these whole meetings talking about that this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved. And so it's great because of who can be saved, who it's offered to. It's great because of our need to be saved. You know, the need that we have is the greatest need. It is not a need of health or, or even maybe a relationship need that some people feel or a need of acceptance or loneliness. This is the need, the most deep need that we have, the need of our sin and the need to have our sins forgiven. And it's a great salvation because it addresses the greatest need. The greatest need. It's great because to provide the salvation... It took the greatest cost. Did you listen to what Mr. Seed was saying? He poured out his soul unto death. What a cost. What a cost to provide salvation. It cost God his own son. It cost his son his life, his blood. The greatest cost. It's great because of the power to save. You know, this is the power of God himself. God who can save a person. God who, we were looking at one verse this week, or last week, a God who can take somebody who has died with with red crimson garments and make them white as snow. A God who has power. Power unlike any power in this world. Power greater than the president. Power greater than any leader who has ever moved. The power of God. In fact, the Apostle Paul said this, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. What power is in the gospel? And that's why it's a great salvation. Great because of its power. Great because of the result of those who are saved. When people are saved, and there have been, and there's been somebody who has been saved even in these meetings. When people are saved, do you know what happens? Things change. There is a record of sin that once barred them between them and God, and it's gone. There was anxiety of facing death and it's, as far as suffering for sin, and it's gone. There is peace with God. Oh, there's great change when somebody is saved. But again, this week, what we've been looking at is it's great because of how a person is saved. Very simply. God hasn't made it complicated. 
He hasn't asked you to take a journey to a faraway country. He hasn't asked you to go suffer somewhere. God has made the message so simple. Now, there's one thing we've noticed on each night of this week when it comes to the simplicity of the message, and I just want to go through each night and see if you can catch it. We notice that instead of us bearing the burden on Sunday, instead of us bearing the burden and laboring, he bore the burden and labored. And so he says, come to me. Instead of us suffering for sin, it says Christ also has once suffered for sin. The just for the unjust. Instead of us facing the judgment after death, it says that it's appointed unto man once to die, after this the judgment, but so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. Instead of us facing the wrath of God, John 3 says that he that believeth on the Son has everlasting life. Why? Because the wrath that was once over us fell on him. Instead of us trying to satisfy God, what we learned in 1 John chapter 2 is he is the satisfaction for our sins and not for us, but for the sins of all the world. And last night we noticed this. Instead of us trying to construct with all our effort and all our skill a bridge to reach God, and it can never work, we can never work hard enough, our hands are stained with sin, he constructed the bridge. He paid for it. And he says, I'm the way. Now, did you get it? Did you get what the simple message is of the gospel? He said us. The gospel comes down to a very simple word. Substitution. He instead of me. He suffers, not me. He's judged, not me. He dies, not me. Oh, how simple, simple substitution. And yet this verse says this. You know, there's more great things about the gospel than just three. In fact, somebody was asking me, is, is that all you got? Three. No, we could keep going. <laughs> Listen, if there's only three good things about good news, I'm not sure how good it would be. <laughs> no, we could keep going for a long time. But one of the great things about it is it's great because of its opportunity. And that's what we've read here. Salvation is not just some experience. In fact, Johnny has been bringing before us very vividly, that salvation actually is a person. It's a person that somebody receives when they are saved. That's why that old man, when he lifted up Jesus in the temple, he says, now I can depart in peace. My eyes have seen your salvation. And he wasn't looking at church membership. And he wasn't looking at even a verse in the Bible. He was looking at, at Christ. Salvation is a person. But salvation and the opportunity to receive it is passing. It is an opportunity. And one of the tragic things that this verse tells us is that the opportunity could be missed. You know, salvation is described here as an, an escape. Sometimes we think about it as something that will make us a better person. And it will make you a new person. Sometimes we think about it as something that will clear our debts and, and give us peace, and it will. But salvation is somebody who is heading down to hell, escaping, free. Salvation is somebody, you know, the word salvate, or the word save, rescue. We use that when somebody's in a, a burning building. And they're rescued from what? The building? No, nothing's wrong with the building except the fact that it's on fire. 
They're rescued from the fire. Sometimes somebody was telling me after the meeting here that they had a very vivid um, picture in their mind of somebody in a car, a woman in a car, and, and it's about to explode, and they need to be rescued. They're trapped, and they need to be rescued, and salvation is described as a rescue. But there is an opportunity to be rescued. And all through the Bible, there was an opportunity to be rescued from the flood in Genesis. And there was just one opportunity, but it was passing. And as Noah is preaching and preaching and preaching, there comes the day where the opportunity is gone. And those who are on the ark, they escape. But those who are not, missed it. Then there's the judgment that falls on Sodom and Gomorrah. And a family is dragged out of that city because the fire is falling. And salvation is a, is a rescue. It's a rescue mission that Christ took that cost him his own life. And you, my friend, you need to be rescued from the fires of hell because of your sin. If it wasn't that serious, there was no, there's no real reason why we would be here. It's as serious as you are heading to the fires of a never-ending hell. There are people there already. And you will be there unless you are rescued. And for you to be rescued, there is an opportunity. It is the opportunity of so great a salvation. But you could miss it. You could miss it. You say, how could I miss it? Well, you could miss it by rejecting it. We had a man today at the door. Johnny and I went up to his door and we just wanted to talk to him. And he said, I am not at all interested. And slammed the door in our face. If he only had any idea... If he only understood what is at stake, I am not at all interested and slam the door in our face. That's one way you could miss it. But, you know, many of you, you're here. You're here. You're listening. You've come. You're not rejecting it. You're not standing there and saying, we will not have Jesus to reign over us. You're not launching spit in his face. But you can neglect it. The same word here, neglect, it's used actually when the Lord Jesus was speaking. He told a parable. He told a parable of a wedding feast. And people were invited to the wedding. Everything was provided. Everything was paid for. Everything that they could ever need. And it says that some of the people who were invited, they made light of it. Same word as is used here. They neglected it. They didn't take it seriously. They made light of it. And you know what it says, very tragically, and they did not taste of that feast. You know, this could be, as we come to the close of this series, this could be your final opportunity. I'm not here to scare you or to use fear-mongering tactics. This is just the reality of the gospel, okay? This could be your final opportunity to be saved. It is a passing opportunity. It says when Jesus came into a city and there was a rich man who wanted to see him, that he climbed up in a tree and Jesus entered and was passing through. He was moving through. And that rich man up in the tree had one opportunity to receive salvation. And he got it. He got it. Are you going to get it tonight? Receive salvation, this great salvation. Don't, don't neglect it. Don't put it off. That's, what, that's all you have to do to be in hell. You don't have to murder anybody. You don't have to get out after this gospel meeting and look up into heaven and shake your fist at God. You just have to neglect it. You just have to put it off. You just have to say, I'll worry about it tomorrow. You could perish. And so this is a way somebody can ensure to never be saved. If you don't want to be saved, just follow this verse. If you don't want to be in heaven, here's your formula. Just neglect. And a person will be 
will be lost. Somebody has once said like this. I hope it's not too late in the evening for logic, so just try to follow this. The opportunity of a lifetime must be captured during the lifetime of the opportunity. Got that? Let's try it again. The opportunity of a lifetime must be captured during the lifetime of the opportunity. You see, once the opportunity is gone, it no longer matters. It must be captured during the lifetime of the opportunity. And this is your opportunity here tonight. And it's passing. And this is what it says, that if this opportunity passes, it's a question. You know, on the invitations we were passing out throughout the city, advertising these meetings, on the back it said this, answering life's most vital questions. And there was a number of questions that it had there, and some of them we have answered. We have tried our, our, our best from the Bible. But, you know, there's one question, this question, and it has no answer. It's a question. Listen to it. How shall we escape? if we neglect so great salvation. There was a Welsh preacher. He was a very eloquent man. And he lifted up his voice in front of a congregation, a big congregation, even bigger than this one. And he said, I have a question that I have no answer for. The wisest person in this room cannot answer my question. The great theologians of the past have no answer for my question. The angels in heaven they have no answer for my question. And, I, and he said, I say, even, and he put his hand on the Bible, even God himself has no answer for my question. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? You see, last night we talked about Jesus being the only way, and nobody comes to the Father but by him. But if somebody neglects that way of salvation... If they say, well, it was nice listening to, you guys did a good job. Most nights we were able to stay awake and they just keep going through and they neglect it. They will miss it. How many people wanted to get into Noah's Ark, but they missed it? How many people wanted to get out of Sodom and Gomorrah, but they missed it? How many people have sat in gospel meetings wanting to be saved, thinking one day I'll be saved, but they missed it? Will you miss it tonight? Will you miss God's great salvation? Johnny last night reminded us of those precious words. It is finished. And he said something that, was, that struck me this morning of people, people in hell, and maybe in their minds, it is fixed in their minds. It is finished. And as they're there, I tell you, you might not want to escape here. Maybe your life is pretty good. Maybe things aren't going so bad. I tell you, there are people who want to escape today, but they can't. There are people who would love to escape for just one hour. Even if that, in that hour they had to suffer in a concentration camp. If they have to suffer in a, in a cancer ward under intense treatment. They would long to escape. And they would long to escape hell. But they can't. There's no escape. Is it possible that in the minds of people. These words are going in their mind. So great. Salvation. So great. Salvation. Is it possible that a rich man, as far as I can tell in the Bible, he seemed to be a very good man. He seemed to be a friendly neighbor. He even let a beggar sit in his driveway. 
Is it possible that just by investing in this world, not really worrying about what's important, is it possible that he's sitting, he's there in hell saying, so great salvation, it could have been mine, but it's not. And he begs God, send somebody to warn my family. Send them. So great salvation, it could be missed, my friend. You could miss it. You know, there's people and they worry about neglecting things that really don't matter. They plant a garden and it's time to harvest their garden and they worry about getting it. You know, my wife is like that. You know, we were here in meetings and we're here for these weeks and she says, you know, my garden, there's things coming in my garden. We got to go back on the weekend and harvest it. And so we did. We went back on the weekend and grabbed a few tomatoes. And people worry about their garden and Johnny and I, when we go out, people are always mowing their lawns here in Livonia. It seems to be a hobby. (laughs) And they're going all the way around. It seems every day somebody's mowing their lawn, sometimes the same person. And they worry about their grass, and they worry about their flowers, and they worry about their garden. People are concerned about their health and how they look and their appearance. All of these things are passing. All of these things the Bible describes in Psalm 90, grass, it grows up in the morning and the evening it is cut down. But salvation and the soul of a person, where they will be forever, either with God or without him either in the darkness of hell or in the riches of grace. Either peace and love and joy or to be without those forever. And people don't even worry about it. They sit in gospel meetings and you tell them how they can be saved. You tell them about the opportunity to be saved. You tell them as simply as you know how how they can be saved, but they just neglect it. And how shall we escape if we neglect it? There is no way. There is no way to escape if this is neglected. Some people neglect it because they say, well, you know, I've neglected opportunities that I've had, opportunities for a job or opportunities for certain things, and I've neglected it because it's not that important. And some people neglect things because they're not that important. I love to neglect the lawn for that reason, (laughs) but that wouldn't fly in Livonia. (laughs) But to me, it's not that important. Salvation is so important. Listen to what the Lord Jesus, listen to what the writer says. So great salvation. There's no excuse for saying I'm going to neglect it because it's not that important. So great. Some people neglect it because it's not very true. They're not convinced. Well, I'm not sure if it's that, if really it's true. You know what it says? It says it's so great salvation that began to be spoken by the Lord. This is not something that Johnny and I conjured up. This is not a message from the Stark Road Gospel Hall. This was first spoken by the Lord. That was so encouraging to me this morning. I struggled with this verse. I didn't want to speak on this one. I liked my previous outline. I thought it was good. This was spoken by the Lord. So great salvation. And the danger of people missing it. You know, the Lord in the Gospel of Matthew with tears coming down his face. He looked at religious people who had rejected him. He said, how will you escape the damnation of hell? With tears going down his face, he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how long I would have longed to gather you just as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you would not. We talked when we looked at our message of truth about a man at the end who was faced with the truth and he dismissed it. What is truth? Pilate. We looked in our, in our series uh, on this issue of a life being transformed and we found a thief on the cross and his life was transformed but we commented that there was another thief and he missed it and here it is the gospel in its simplicity 
You know, this is the last time in the foreseeable future I will be up on this pulpit. Can I plead with you? Please don't miss it. Please don't miss it. If there is somebody here and you would love this great salvation and you're done playing games and you're ready to listen to words of truth and you're ready to listen to words of simplicity and you're ready to listen to words that will change your life, I will close this series with these words. God so loved the world. He has given his only son that anyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life.